what pops up a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some moody clips of popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxing Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on Contest and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Variety Podcast With the other Jason Yo, what up Jason, it's Joe Sorry to be a little late to the party on this one But yeah, Urban Fantasy's cool And I can't think of Urban Fantasy without thinking of the Dresden Files I don't know if you mentioned it on the episode where you actually talked about if people are interested in urban fantasies, but like that whole series of books is, in my opinion, the definition of urban fantasy. And it was funny, like the whole time Josh was talking in his message, I was just talking to myself. I was like, Shadowrun, 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 Shadowrun. And then you went and said Shadowrun. So good work, man. And you were, as far as what I remember, I did read the most recent version of the game a few years ago and yeah i think this it's still pretty spot on uh all the you know non-human races came from human races and there is not a lot of segregation between them so anyway man nice work and i will see you tonight peace out that was joe richter the hindsight listener wheeler woe podcast um thank you joe i appreciate the call so he was calling about urban fantasy. A couple shows ago, I talked about urban fantasy. And then Josh Beckelheimer of JB Publishing called in. I believe I played that last show. And he was talking about what an urban fantasy world might look like. And if, um, you know, you had orc biker gangs and things like that. And thinking of that makes me think of, like, cartoons and things like... Um, yeah, I'm going to brain fart on the word here. But the... Um, the, the idea you have animals doing the human roles, right, anamorphic, something like that. So you end up with, you, you know, pigs on the bike, on the bikes for biker gangs, and you end up with sloths working at the DMV and things like that, right? So I worry a fantasy version of that would be the same thing. Orc biker gangs and dwarves working in the bank and stuff like that. And, and I wonder, you, you know, you can get kind of silly pretty quickly and at that point all the races end up just being kind of reskinned human um stereotypes anyway or so i don't know that that's the way i'd want to go so if i was going to do urban fantasy i definitely want to put some thought into it so we could put a more unique twist on it than just having the orcs replace the gangs and the you know and bright kind of did a bad job with that where they pigeonholed the different races so just a thought um, anyway, Joe, the Dresden Files, I don't, I think I mentioned it, I don't remember, um, but the Dresden Files, of course, is a great example of urban fantasy, very much so. Um, I, I, I think I watched the, the first, like, the, um, pilot episode, I never watched the rest of the show, and I haven't read any of the books, I know people really like them, um, I don't know, but, yeah, the Dresden File definitely is, is high up there, so... Thank you for the call, and we're going to move on to the next segment. As we move into the next segment, I do also want to mention that Joe 
is the character whose sister is mentioned when I talk about the ICRPG game we played the other day. So just keep that in the back of your head. Sitting here outside work, about to go in. I'm in the NV200 studios to paraphrase Rayotis. Just want to talk about the ICRPG Altered State, the cyberpunk game I ran the other night. I do have another one coming up on the 26th of January, but because the characters in the one I just ran took a plot hook that involved one of their family members, the other group isn't going to have the same adventure, so I can talk about it without ruining anything. So the other week I saw a movie called Tammy and the T-Rex, and that's a movie from, I think it's the early 2000s. It might be earlier than that. It's got a, a pretty young Denise Richards and a pretty young Paul Walker in it. And I'm not really giving anything away because you look in a promotional material, it tells you what happens. They're boyfriend, girlfriend, and Paul Walker's brain gets put into an animatronic dinosaur. Wow. Go see it. It's actually a really funny movie. It, it, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. If you like gore, and it's a B movie. It's a horror movie. You know, it's got some gore in there and it's got some silly stuff in there, but, it, but it's pretty cool. Um, anyway, I saw that movie and thought, wow, I could, this would be great to incorporate into a cyberpunk game where a loved one's brain is taken by a mad scientist, mad doctor, and put in an animatronic dinosaur. So I did that. So I'm not sure how the players felt about it, to be honest. I think maybe I was too indulgent of me, of me as the GM because I really wanted to see this. But I think they had an okay time. We we. Didn't use maps. We did more theater than mine kind of thing. I threw up a lot of pictures of things on the screen for them. Um, they, they got to do a lot of things. They evaded the police. They met a new faction that's going to pop up later. They um, went to investigate this missing sister of the character. So they got to go to her apartment and, and check that out and, and research her internet files. They got to go track her boyfriend down and rough him up and they, they tracked down to the hospital where she was in because the boyfriend had beat her up and put her in the hospital. And, and they found out that she'd been checked out by a doctor and they were able to track that down and use facial recognition software, hacking the system, figure out who this doctor was, this mad scientist who had lost his medical license. And they went to, went to his warehouse and, and, and they found that basically he was putting human brains in robot bodies. And they got to face some robotic guard dogs that were basically, I took the picture from the Wolfenstein video game. Um, they got to deal with um obviously the sister in the t-rex T the doctor who was cybernetically enhanced and his pretty cool girlfriend slash bodyguard i was going to include i found an image of a toy line that was two-headed dinosaurs and samurai armor i was going to include that and have one of the heads be psychic and the other head control the body and have that as a challenge for the psychic character but we were running short on time and it was getting late. So I wanted to let the guys go. So I cut that part out. I feel kind of bad because the psychic hasn't had a chance to shine yet. He's actually, that's not true. The, the big bad characters at the end of each session we've played, the psychic took them out. So he actually is, is <laughs> I, I say he hasn't had a chance to shine, but he's frigging taken out the, like the baddest opponent they faced each session at, at the end of the session. And he has like a signature, finishing move where he psychically grabs them and, and pounces them back and forth between the ceiling and the floor till they're a bloody pulp. But um, I am going to include s some more things specifically for the psychic in the future. Like say, I just had to cut it out for time for this session. But um, hopefully the players enjoyed it and it didn't feel too indulgent. But uh, I'll have to find out from them. 
how that goes. And, and I'll definitely report back next week on how the other session of ICRPG Altered State goes. Still really enjoy it. It's a great system for running Cyberpunk. Um, as far as the Bushido game, this coming Saturday, 25 January, it's still going. It's not going to be Bushido, though. I've um, chickened out. So I'm going to run a Samurai game. I'm using a different system. And I'll talk about that when I talk about how the game went. Uh, I'll release this episode after the game comes out. So I'll have another segment here where I talk about the game. But I just want to mention quickly why I didn't end up doing Bushido. I wanted the characters to be a little bit higher level because the the adventure I was running, I'm going to run. And the problem is building up higher level characters in Bushido is a pain. Because even though there are levels in that game and experience, the way you increase skills and increase attributes is just training. So it's X amount of weeks or X amount of, bo- of money or you, you have to practice and, and like exercise. And the problem is I would have had to figure out, and I was doing all pregens, so I would have had to basically map out like four years of game time and figure in how long it took them to train, to do that, and it was just breaking my head. It was just hurting my, my brain. So I didn't do that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, and I the system that Pete Jones of Dragons Are Real recommended to me, I think is going to work even better for the, the adventure I plan to run anyway. So I'll t- again, I'll talk about that in a different segment. But what I am going to do is, Probably in February, I'm going to run a Bushido game, but I'm going to have them all play first character, first level characters. But we're going to include everything, well, magic and monsters and all that. And we'll do the full Bushido experience. So hopefully that'll satisfy Shandy Andy, who's been wanting to play in Bushido for a long time. So just want to give you that quick wrap up of the past couple of days. And I will have one final segment in this episode where I talk about how the samurai game went. Thank you for joining me here in my van before I go into work. What's in the basket? Easter eggs? I got a package in the mail today. I don't know what it is. It, it's, it might be an empty envelope, to be honest. It's from North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a really thin packaging envelope. Um, to, so I'm not sure. It's nine inches by seven inches by just about nothing wide. So let's see what's in here. Don't need our knife today. It is interesting. Okay, so oh, look at that. This is a sticker from Runehammer. It's part. It's a um, gift for being part a patron of Runehammer. Um, Hanker and Fernell, Ignard Bergnall, the. Runehammer Games, ICRPG. So this is a sticker of his um of his symbol there, you know the the Thor's hammer symbol. So that's what this is—a sticker from Runehammer for being part of their Patreon. So pretty cool. And that's it for this unboxing. It's Saturday morning, twenty-five uh, January. I am sitting in the NV200 Studios again. I'm outside the liquor store waiting for it to open up. A few hours earlier, we finished the Samurai game. I'm going to talk about that really quickly. Um, I want to give a great shout-out to my players. They were wonderful. We had Joseph Salvador, who, while he doesn't have a podcast, you may know him 
as the author of Eldritch Tales, which is Lovecraftian white box role playing, a great game. If you want to do Call of Cthulhu OSR style, check that out. Highly recommended. The other players, of course, were Shandy Andy of Unguarded Treasure B52, Colin Green of the Spike Pit RPG podcast, Pete Jones, Dragons Are Real podcast, and Dave Aldrich of the Deep Percentile podcast, All Star Crew. The rules, which were recommended by Pete Jones, were Dashio of Deep Seven Games, or, or yeah, Deep Seven, and that's their one page game or one PG game line rules. They're like three dollars on drive through. You can buy a compendium, a hard copy compendium off Amazon that has all the different genres and their companion rules um, for like thirty bucks or twenty quid. So pretty good deal if, if you these are really great for running one shots and and i would definitely look at these rules if i was going to run one shots in different genres pick up the different genre books um and consider it they you know it, it worked really well it worked better than bushido probably would have for the game we ran we created characters before the session really quick you know you can create characters super fast and it's the game only uses 1d6 that's all you need to do everything in the game is 1d6 well 1d6 per player you know, and the GM needs one d six, and um, yeah, I I I really enjoy the rules. It's they're light, but they work well. You know, they obviously they don't cover everything. Like they didn't have any healing rules, so I just made a command decision. This is how healing is going to work, and then Pete looked in the companion, which I don't have, which has extra expanded rules, and that and the, funny enough, the healing rules and like the called shot rules that I came up with were pretty much exactly what they had in the companion so you know obviously we had grasped how the rules are supposed to work because we were on the same wavelength as the, the authors um so yeah if you need just a light set of rules for a beer and popcorn you know beer and pretzels kind of game or just a one shot i i think these work really well especially for the samurai adventures now i haven't played the other genres so i don't know how well they work for other genres but i i may use them again in the future so the adventure was that I ran, I based off a film. And that film was Eleven Samurai from 1967. I found it on YouTube, and you know it's got subtitles, and it's a good film. I highly recommend it if you like samurai films. So we, we followed the film kind of closely at the beginning, and then it diverged as we went. So obviously I had to do some setup, so there was some kind of scripted stuff, you know, where I described the setup of the scenario, and then we went from there but i definitely let the characters the players do whatever they wanted you know i i don't think i railroaded at all um you know i i did kind of put them in a pigeonhole hey yeah initially this is what's going on but once the initial setup was kind of done they got to decide how they react to it and what plan they wanted to do and how to implement it and you know and, and we went off that and it worked well i used zoom i i like the zoom it's corporate um meeting software and that's all we used. I just used Zoom meeting, and it lets you share your screen and share things. So I had done a, you know, captured a bunch of pictures offline or before the game, you know, pictures of it, like, like Geisha Girls, when they encountered the Geisha Girls, and there's an archery contest. So I had a picture of a samurai, you know, with a bow. And, and I put the different pictures up at the appropriate times. And I just let the players roll dice at home, you know, and, and it worked really well. And everybody had their character sheets at home. And it worked fine. It worked really well for, for a late game of this style. Um, 
we had no audio or visual issues. I don't think I didn't notice any. I don't know if anybody, anybody else did, but I think it all worked really well. I find Zoom is a lot more stable and works better for me than Google Hangouts or Discord or anything else. Zoom definitely gives me the best quality audio visual wise. Um, so the, of course, all these players are really experienced role players. So they were wonderful. They 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 got right in the characters and they did a great job. I I think I already mentioned it. Um kind of trying to run through my head. I don't have any notes here. Um, but the, you know, the, we created characters on the fly and we used the rules in, in there and we came up with five pretty different characters. You, you know, we, we really did and it worked out well. Um, I, I really like this rule set and, and everybody of course played their characters the hilt. So that was great. I, I dropped the ball some, um, I don't think I was confident enough as a GM and that probably came through a little bit. I, of course, hadn't played these rules before, so I fumbled a little bit with the rules, but they were simple enough that we, you know, we muddled through it pretty well. And, and after the initial battle, I think we, we had it well enough that, you know, it flowed pretty well after that. Um, of course, pronunciation, I was horrible at. I, I kind of feel bad for Joe, because Joe's pretty knowledgeable in the whole Japanese culture and all that. He's very, not pretty, he's very knowledgeable. And... So we kind of kept going, hey, Joe, is this how that would work? Or is that how that would work? And, and as a GM, I don't mind. I mean, it's not like I'm jealous of that or anything. I, I don't mind that. But I, I kind of feel bad for Joe because I hope that didn't pull him out of the game by, by asking. Maybe I hope that makes sense. I hope I didn't ruin his experience by the fact that people kept, you know, asking him, hey, is that how that would work, Joe? You, so I, I kind of feel bad for, about that for him. Um. Well, like I said, I, I didn't quite have the confidence. I know I um denied some, and I fumbled during the initial setup a little bit. It, part of that, I was tired. I've had such a long week at work, and that's not the player's fault at all. That's and that's on me, a hundred percent. And you know, there's no excuse for it. But I, I was tired. I so so I know I fumbled initially. I think once we all kind of woke up and got rolling, I think it went pretty well though. Um, some great memorable sequences with Dave's character dressed up as a geisha girl and had some memorable sword fights and, um, you know, some seppuku there at the end, some honorable deaths and the Buddhist monk got away to tell the story and, or Buddhist priest, I'm sorry, got away to tell the story. And I think it all went really well. Um, very happy with it. The, the next step of course is we're going to actually run a proper Bushido game, create characters and go from there. So I'm looking forward to that. But actually, the very next step is here shortly when they open the doors. I'm going to go to the liquor store and refresh my stock. And this afternoon, and which is this evening, GMT time, Shea Webster's running of Roleplay Rescue is running a one-shot of Traveler. So I'm looking forward to playing in that. Tomorrow morning, I'm running my other group through ICRPG Altered States. So that'll be fun. And then tomorrow afternoon... Andy Goodman of Expedition of Grizzly Peaks is putting on the first session of a Call of Cthulhu game, a mini Call of Cthulhu campaign. So I'm looking forward to that. So I've got some great gaming this weekend. And and actually, my wife has agreed she's not a big gamer, and she's finished up her master's degree. So she's been, she you know, usually her free time's taken up a school. But after the Traveler game, which is going to end like 6 o'clock for me, 6 p.m. for me, we're going to play a family game because my son doesn't work tonight. So we're going to break out a game and, 
and do a family game. I'm thinking I'm going to break out my second edition Talisman game and play that because my wife would probably be okay with that. She's not really big. Most of the games we have are dungeon crawls and combat games, and she's not into those things. But I think she'd be okay with Talisman. And I've got my old, you know, second edition game from back, you know, when I was a kid. So, so maybe I'll break that out. Or I, the other one I might break out is Escape. I don't know if you ever played Escape, but it's a it's like an Indiana Jones kind of game. You're basically trying to collect gems and stuff, but it's it's a real time game. And it's a pretty fun game, and I bought it. There's a Kickstarter. I don't know if I got it off Kickstarter. Or I just bought the stuff, but I bought like a big box of Escape, so I've got like like all the different sets. So it's kind of a cool game. Anyhow, that's what I've got going on, and that's enough for Saturday. So I'm going to cut this short, let you guys enjoy your weekend or enjoy your week whenever you listen to this, and I'll talk to you guys next week. I'll give a report on how the other games I'm running, how the ICRPG game I'm going to run goes, and how the games I play and go. So take care. Oh, by the way, don't forget, you have till the end of the month to call in with your Cyberpunk entry. Let me know your favorite cyberpunk property, movie, book, game, whatever, and a song that would go on a cyberpunk soundtrack. Just leave a message using the Anchor app, and I'll put your name in for the drawing for a $20 ICR, ICRPG, a $20 drive through RPG gift certificate. So good luck and keep the entries coming in. Talk to you all later. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach me, you can leave me a voice message using the Anchor app or go to the Anchor website. I'll play it on the air and make you famous. You can also reach me in the Audio Dungeon Discord. I want to thank Ray Otis, who did the thumbnail art for this podcast, and TJ Drennan, who did all the music for this podcast. You can find both of them on Patreon.